Welcome to the Sea Change Show, where leaders are changing business culture for good. I'm your host, Maura Barclay. If you are a new listener, thank you so much for finding us and you did not find us by accident. Please take a moment to hit that plus sign, hit subscribe. Seriously, I am always amazed at the caliber of people who say yes to this show. I mean, it's incredible. You're not going to want to miss a single episode. And if you are a frequent flyer, thank you so much for coming back week after week and sharing us with your friends. It is because of you that this podcast has now been ranked in the top 5% of business podcasts worldwide. And I thank you for that. This is a highlight episode of my interview with Dr. Joey Fawcett. And I'm taking that enunciation per his suggestion of being above the sweet tea line. We talked about white men and the training that this country puts white middle-aged men through, well, white men in general. And the thing I really appreciated about Dr. Joey is, amongst other things, in that interview, he talked a little bit about his journey being from North Carolina during the time of integration in schools. This was new when he was in elementary school and he happened to grow up in a family culture where people who are different than him were part of a larger family. So he didn't grow up with the the racism and the the uh, dedication to separating us as uh, brothers and sisters, as I like to say, uh, that's what racism does is we're so different and good and bad. And he didn't grow up like that. In fact, he was the son of a single mother. And uh, I'm not sure if she was single, but she was young. I just made that. I just made that uh, idea, but she was very young. And as he likes to say, they grew up together. So being raised by a very young woman growing, growing up together. So he has a unique insight about the challenges of people different than him. And then growing up in, in the sixties and seventies, he was in school in the seventies. So he really got to see, you know, there were race riots and he really understood, he understands that we all feel the same things. He referenced specifically when there were bomb threats because his school was integrated, the black kids, the white kids, and their mothers and fathers, everybody was scared. And that gave him this sense of equity, this sense of we're the same, that he's able to see very clearly beyond skin, beyond ethnicity, into the humanity of people. He's very remarkable. Not just remarkable, very remarkable. And there's one thing that he said that I wanted to highlight and unpack a little bit. And this is, again, this is why I interview white guys, because I wouldn't feel comfortable necessarily saying this. Well, it's not that I'm not comfortable saying it. I don't think it would have an impact because we all want to hear from people that understand our journey, that understand our challenges and our struggles. And as a white woman, I simply don't understand the struggles of middle-aged white men, not like a middle-aged white man does. And I think that's so important when we're talking about how we're going to 
resolve our current unsustainable situation that we find ourselves in. And his perspective, Dr. Joey's perspective, is that he works with a lot of executives. He's an executive coach and he's a, he's a culture consultant and a culture maker. And he's got a wonderful book out that helps, that will help you. It's in the show notes that will help you understand more about the salient points of culture and how to create it intentionally. He was talking about how men seem to always make it all about them. Because this culture, which was predominantly created by white men for white men, is all about them. And men are trained to think this way. It's natural and it's normal. And as a white man, Dr. Joey can observe when white men are making things all about them. And if, it, if their environment isn't a reflection of them or isn't all about them, they will manipulate the environment through domination and other tools, tactics to make it all about them. And that is one of the primary reasons that we find ourselves in these inequitable, unsustainable times. And the people and the companies that have figured out that this is, uh, this is a problem and it is, and it is an obstacle to maximum revenue. They have figured it out and they are making the changes and integrating, not integrating, they are diversifying their decision-making groups to great effect. This research is all out there. This is nothing new. These aren't my ideas. I'm repeating what I have seen in white papers and all kinds of studies. So the thing that he talked about that I really appreciated was this notion that white men first need to acknowledge that they've been taught to do this. So I think it's important to, to go a step back, not just say it's important that you acknowledge middle-aged white man that you're making it all about you. I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that's, and that's not what he was suggesting. That's why I'm unpacking this. It's not that we don't want that because when I say we, anyone who has ever been at the short on the short end of the stick of not uh, being a white male in a culture of white male privilege and entitlement, the entitlement piece is really what making it about you is. Um, white men, if you ask them, they have been taught to think and believe that every job is theirs for the losing, which is, and this is a zero sum paradigm. This is why there, one of the reasons there's so much resistance is there's this notion that if we bring, if we hire people who don't look like us, there will be less for us to have. And that's simply not the case. Every man is able to stand in his own skills and abilities. And if, if there is another candidate who is, is superior, either in education or experience, then that person should get the job regardless of what they look like. So men have just not been asked to reach their capability. There's a laziness that has been indoctrinated into this culture, the white male culture, not just the laziness, 
but also this juve this this invitation this welcoming of remaining in this very juvenile mindset and if you look at the advertising that is a perfect reflection of the level of, of immaturity that is being encouraged and normalized in grown men and it's not doing them any favors and it's certainly not doing our culture and or, or our country any favors so this is all invisible these men, this is what unconscious bias is about. These men don't know. It's they're blind to it. That is an ableist word. They are unable to see what they can't see. Okay. So Dr. Joey talked about making it about we, not me. And helping these men see, yes. <laughs> Yes, you're making it all about you, but let's back up. You have been taught to do this. Helping men see that this is a function of environmental conditioning. And many men who come from young mothers, many men who come from incredibly strong, uh, loving females in their lives, they get it, they see it. And they, they organically, they have different environmental conditioning. They organically make it about we, which is a very, uh, I would say in the psyche, the anima, yeah. The feminine aspect of the human psyche, not femininity, not female. We all have both aspects within us. We have masculine and feminine. That's why I want to be very clear. It's not male and female. These are essences or energies, if you will. And the feminine aspect of the psyche is about expansiveness and sharing and community and belonging. And the male aspect in, in general terms, and I'm no psychologist, but I've getting back to the books I've read, the male aspect is about control and competition and uh, domination over resources. So the balance of the two is really ideal. So we want that passion and that aggression to fuel us we want that awareness of limited resources. And then that, 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 is, a, that is a great sacred masculine uh, energy. And then the female, the feminine, sorry, the feminine energy is the one that makes sure that everybody has enough and that we make the pie bigger. How can we make the pie bigger? That we don't need to, if we're not so concerned about control, then we have no need to see the pie is small. In fact, it is our, it is, now when I say our, I mean, cause we're all human. It is this scarcity mindset, this drive to control that creates the illusion of limited resources. Like the pinata is full of good stuff. And when it's broken, if I don't get my share, I'm not going to get what I need. And that fear is an illusion that is driven by a, an entire gender of, of humans on this planet that are being encouraged 
to be almost exclusively, if not exclusively in their masculine aspect. And there is nothing wrong with a masculine aspect. I want to be clear. But when it has gone unbalanced, when it has gone unchecked, absolute power corrupts absolutely no matter what context. That absolute feminine energy, that femininity, that sacred feminine can also corrupt. Uh, so it's the balance that is needed because we need both in order to get traction. So acknowledging it has been made very a very dangerous affair. Acknowledging the humanity, the, the more communal belonging aspects of us as a, as a species, the, uh, we'll call it the bro culture for lack of anything else, has made it very, very dangerous to come out in favor of that and certainly support women who are, who are strong, capable leaders. That's a big problem in the bro culture. And male policing makes it nearly impossible so that the men who would be active allies, the men who would be sponsors, are basically shouted down or threatened to be humiliated, um, eviscerated either professionally or emotionally in front of their male, male peers. Uh, it's like a pack of wild dogs. It's like hyenas. Uh, you know, these are, these are good guys from Harvard, <laughs> you know? Harvard and Princeton is a pack of wild dogs. Uh, I joke, I don't mean to make light, but the idea here and what Dr. Joey was talking about is, is building a bridge to creating a safety, a, a safe container to address the insecurities of these men. And I really feel like this is the job. This is the work of other men. There's only so much I can do to make it safe. And the way that women make it safe for men is very different the way than the way that men make it safe for men. So I feel like this needs to start with men, making it okay to reveal your humanity, to talk about your struggles, to be out of, to not have all the answers, to loosen the grip of control. And, and to be clear, there is a, a minority that has the majority of power and control. That is who I'm speaking of. The majority of men that I, at least in my world, these are good guys. They just don't necessarily understand that being a good guy isn't enough anymore, that it doesn't change anything. Like there, it, we are all women and people of color are working every single day to achieve equity. And Good guys, the average good guy who gets all of this doesn't understand that there is an opportunity and an imperative to help other white men come along, to help other white men know that it's safe to operate in this way. Because I think there is though there are those who will absolutely never buy into any of this. That's fine. That's not who I'm speaking about. That's not who this is ever going to reach. They're going to die clutching the patriarchy and their billions to their chest. They're going to take it to the grave. That's fine. There are different generations who feel differently about this, but they are on the fence and there is not a safe place that has been made for them to have these conversations. The best way to adjust a machine is from the inside out. So all of the good guys, those of you who get this, I know that you have friends who are still buying into this juvenile, um, you know, objectifying women culture. And 
there are different spectrums of this, like, you know, obviously, uh, those who have an opportunity, especially if they have daughters to loosen the grip a little bit of this, those who have daughters who want to see them be successful and have as many opportunities as they did. These are the men who are ripe for active ally sponsorship. So for all of the good guys out there who know what's right, who do the right thing, the opportunity is in your hands to help make adjustments in the system that was built by your predecessors for you. You can do more with an ounce of energy than we can with a pound of push. We being women and people of color. So this is this is an encouragement and an invitation for the good guys to look for opportunities to help other men understand that the smallest adjustments that they make can make a huge difference for women in underrepresented groups. So that would mean how do we how do white men create a safe environment to address address the insecurities of their friends and why is this even necessary? I pro I don't think men necessarily think about that but you know Anthony Bourdain everybody thought he was okay. He was badass. Seemed to have everything he needed. But he couldn't talk about it. Whatever it was, it killed him. This is real. And if we look at the oxy addiction in this country, it's men and women, but men are numbing themselves because they don't know what to do. And if you are a good guy who's able to <laughs> navigate his balanced self outside of the indoctrination of this country, please help your friends do the same. If one man helped one man, we'd be done. That's it. That's all we need. One man helping one man. You don't have to have a workshop. You don't need to go to the woods and iron John the shit out of this. One guy. That is my invitation to you. And I am on LinkedIn and I am not kidding when I say, if you don't know how to do this, DM me. If you want help, let me know. <laughs> There's so many people. I would say, read The Good Guys by David Smith and Brad Johnson. Read Athena Rising. Look at, listen to those podcasts. They really know what they're doing and they have so many good tools to help people who have gynophobia. These men, some of these men are terrified of women. They're terrified. So all of this masculinity is just an overcompensation for the terror that they're going to have their heart ripped out by someone that they hand their heart to. So please help your friends out. I'm here for all of it, men and women. I just want to get the pie bigger so all of us can thrive. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I appreciate you listening and taking in all of the incredible conversations 
that I have the privilege of having with these remarkable guests. Please take a moment to share or rate and leave a comment. It really helps people understand what we're doing here. I hope this gives you some tools to be an active ally or help another be an active ally and a sponsor for those who are underrepresented so that we can make the pie bigger. This is not a zero sum game. And the purpose of this podcast is to be the rising tide that lifts all ships. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.